Thank you so much. It's been a while. It's so encouraging <clears throat> to hear you say preach the word. To be back together and those of you who are joining us online this morning. In my mind, and uh, you know that you're getting off into some weird stuff if you're in my mind. Uh, in my mind, when I see him, I see him with his arms and his staff stretched out. And as I look at him, I see that there behind him is this sea of people. It's a sea of people that are, are looking at him and they're hoping that somehow he's going to be able to rescue them from the army that is closing in behind them. But then on the other hand, I, I, I see a sea of water in front of him. It's a sea of water that has begun to sort of churn, and it's now ripping apart, and it's opening up, making possible a way of escape for these people that once did not exist. And so as I, I see him there... I, Okay, I admit it. I, I got to admit. As I see him, he looks a whole lot more like Charlton Heston than probably what Moses looked like. But when I look at that image, and I, and I, I see Moses there in, in all of that wonder, in all of that amazing work that God is doing at that moment. I, I see the water and I, I see Moses positioned right there between the people in this way of escape. My mind, my mind sometimes, if I'm not careful, can go astray. I can look at Moses in that context and I can say to myself, what, what an exceptional person Moses was. As I look there and I see him and I see all that's going on, my mind can shift away from what I think is the true conclusion that God is wanting me to draw about Moses even in that moment. That if I'm not careful, my mind can shift and it, it can draw this conclusion that Moses is this exceptional person instead of the conclusion that I believe God would rather me draw, which is what a common person Moses was. Common. That word's important this morning and will be for many weeks to come as the preaching team starts this new series titled Common. It, it comes out of this thought that I'm, I'm bringing up here this morning. It comes out of this thought that oftentimes we have a tendency to look at Bible characters and to look at their stories and see the things that they have done in their lives 
And we look at them and we draw this conclusion that they are somehow exceptional people. <laughs> that they, they have this sort of this, uh, this, this DNA that, that makes them uh, spiritually great somehow. That they have some rare gene that's in them that says, you're going to be great. You're designed for greatness. That's what's going to happen with you. You're going to be great. And it's somehow built in their basic DNA. And when we draw that conclusion, we're really drawing the wrong conclusion about those people. People like Moses. We look at him and and we see how he does these things and how he leads hundreds of thousands of people out of captivity and into uh, and up to the promised land. And that seems, wow, he's so exceptional. Or maybe we look at Deborah, how she is this prophetess, this judge of God's people. And, and in this, just at the right time, she, she, through her faith, inspires a very discouraged, disheartened people. She inspires them to rise up against their enemies, enemies that outnumber them, and leads them and inspires them to victory. That's exceptional, isn't it? Or, or maybe we think about Elijah. And how Elijah, on this particular day, up on Mount Carmel, how he called down fire from God and proved in a, an amazing display that there is only one true God in heaven. Or, or maybe we even think about a, a, a person like Paul, who had this wealth, I think, and fame and power in his life. Very rare. But then he, he gave it up. He laid it all aside so that he could live a life of ignobility, a life of pain and suffering and trial, just to be able to honor the call to go into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, when we look at those people and we see those contexts, we oftentimes draw this, what I, I consider to be a, a wrong conclusion, that these are somehow exceptional, exceptional people. That somehow we should look at them as these people that have been exalted up into some kind of rarefied air of godly greatness. And when we do that, here, here's the problem, is it leaves us feeling pretty insignificant. <laughs> it leaves us thinking that maybe we're, we're not that useful to God because that's really not our story. And, and, and we can go around and we can go, well, I'd like to do something for God, but I'm not Moses. And, and I'm not Deborah, or I'm not Rahab, or I, I'm not Elijah, or I'm not Paul. 
And the problem is, is that as we look at them and, and we see and we have a tendency, those characters in the Bible, we have a tendency to, to make them in and of themselves exceptional, we miss the point of their story. And their point, the point of their story is not that they're exceptional, but the point of the story is that they are common. They are very common. God wants us to see them and to recognize that they are also struggling with difficult things in their lives. He wants us to see and look at, 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 at people like this and, and, and understand that they have doubts, they had fears. They had things inside of them that was causing uh, all kinds of angst, and, and, and at times they were overwhelmed with life. Does that sound just a little bit familiar to you? Well, it should, because they were just as common as we are. And, and when we see them, and we see them in the way that God would have us to see them, we come to the realization that is so important and at the heart of this series of common is that God takes common people and uses their common faith for His glory and for the good of others. That God takes common people and uses common faith, for His glory, and to bless other people. So, that's the heart of the series. That's sort of the direction we're going to be going over the next several weeks. But let's go back to Moses. Moses. Again, we can't simply look at Moses... In these bigger-than-life moments, these bigger-than-life settings, we can't just see Moses at that moment when he's out there and he's parting the, the Red Sea. And we can't just look at Moses in that moment in which he's up on Mount Sinai and he's standing in the glory of God. And we can't look, just look at Moses in the moment where he's bringing water for hundreds of thousands of people up out of a rock. We can't just look at what I call the highlight reel of Moses. We can't just look at those things, but we have to, to look away. We have to pan away from those high point moments, which might lead us to think, wow, what an exceptional person Moses is. We need to pan away, and we need to see him clearly in his commonness. And, and when I say his commonness, and, and every lesson's going to have a little different angle here, but when I talk about this morning, the commonness of Moses, here's the main aspect. Moses was prone to making some major mistakes. Moses made many missteps and many mistakes in his life. 
Follow him around for just a little while, and you'll see that's true. Let's go over in in, in Exodus chapter 3 in verse 1. There, when you go there, you're going to find Moses, and he's out in the wilderness. And he's out in the wilderness, and he's tending the flocks that are not his. They don't even belong to him. They're flocks that belong to his father-in-law. When we see him there, out in the wilderness, tending these flocks, understand this, he's not supposed to be there. He's supposed to be back in Egypt. He he was born and, and brought into the household of Pharaoh. He's supposed to be nobility. But he's not where he's supposed to be because... He makes a big mistake. In his anger, he reaches out and he kills an Egyptian because that Egyptian is mistreating a fellow Hebrew. That's a mistake. I get it. I understand his his passion there, but it's still a mistake. And and then go to Exodus chapter 4. When we go to Exodus chapter 4, we, 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 we see Moses and he has just seemingly accepted this commission of God to go and bring his people out of, out of Egypt. And so Moses is, is moving along and he's there with his family and he's heading the, in the direction that God has called him to head. And all of a sudden we see this, incre- this just very unusual passage that says that he's doing that, God sought to put him to death. And the reason why is is he's made a huge mistake, a big misstep, because he hasn't followed God's command for his life and for his family when it came to circumcision. That's a mistake. And, And then when we get to Exodus chapter 32 in verse 19. We see Moses in context, and, and he's been up on the mountain, he's been in the presence of God, and God has written and given him these precious uh, uh, tablets that have the, the commands on them, and he's sending him down to his people to deliver them, and Moses gets down near the people, and he starts to realize that they're worshiping a golden calf, that they've, they've, they've fallen into idolatry in such a, a short period of time. And once again, out of frustration, he breaks the very thing that God has given to him to give to others. That's a mistake. But then following on to Numbers chapter 20, and verse 10 and following, and there we see, and he's, he's been with these people for a long time, and they've been complaining and moaning about this, and they just seemingly have no faith. And, and so they need more water, and God says, you know, I want you to go out, and I want you to speak to the, the, uh, to the rock, and I want you to bring forth rock, water. But instead of speaking, he makes another misstep. He strikes the rock instead. Not what God has asked him to do at all. And as a result, he's not going to be allowed into the promised land because of that significant 
major misstep in his life. Are you seeing it? Are you getting it? Moses was very, very common. Just like, just like us, his life was full of missteps and mistakes. And yet, listen, even though it was full of these missteps and mistakes, he had the one thing, the one overarching central thing that made all the difference in the world, and that was a willing faith. Common, willing faith. You see, God was able to use him to accomplish his heavenly purposes and to bless other people simply because, not that he was exceptional, but that he had a common, willing Faith. And it was that faith that he was able to bless this nation generation after generation after generation. The message, as I look at this, I think the message coming out of Moses' life for us is that God writes. God writes the stories of common people who have a willing God writes our stories. He writes the stories, the lives of people who are looking to Him with, with even the smallest and the simplest and the most common willing faith they have. Even though Moses, even though Moses had his doubts, even though Moses had his, his missteps and his mistakes, he simply said, yes. Yes, I will. And when he said, yes, I will, God wrote his story. God wrote his story. This morning as I look at this, I find two points for us this morning. The first point is that our spiritual stories are not limited by our mistakes. Our spiritual stories, the, our lives in Christ are not limited by our mistakes. We must understand that we can glorify God, we can bring Him glory, and we can bless others in, in, in good, good ways just like Moses did, in spite of our mistakes. It, it, it didn't keep him from doing that. And those mistakes aren't going to keep us from glorifying God and for us blessing others as well. Listen, if God, if God was depending on perfect people, if God was depending on, on those of uncommon faith, to step forward and to be able to accomplish his will and accomplish his stories, if he was depending on people like that, this Bible would be almost empty of amazing stories. <laughs> it would be almost a pamphlet instead of a book. 
If he was waiting for perfect and uncommon people to follow through with his heavenly purposes. So this morning, let me say this to you. If you feel really common today, congratulations. You're right where God wants you to be. You are the people God's looking for. He's not looking for exceptional people. He's looking for common people who will let him write their sto- his story into their lives. While that is, to me, that is amazing. That God sees me that way. And that even regardless of my mistakes, He, 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 he is willing to work and in, in write a story that gives Him glory and blesses others. I, I, want to rem- I want us to remember this. On our way, as God wants to do that in our lives, let's never... Let's never trivialize holiness. Let's never trivialize holiness. I mean, just because God can lift us up above our missteps and our mistakes in life, that doesn't mean that we should stop seeking to rid ourselves of those attitudes and those actions that have and will continue to cause us to make missteps and mistakes in our lives. Because of God's willingness to do this in our lives through our commonness in spite of our mistakes and our missteps, I believe that we should all the more want to be holy even as He is holy in all of our behavior. So let's praise Him and thank Him that He's willing to use our common. But, but let's not use that as an excuse just to say, well, you know, I'm just common. I've got some things in my life. That's not the point. Point two. Our spiritual stories are made remarkable because of willing faith. You see, even... With the simplest of faith. When we say, yes, Lord, I will. Yes, Lord, I I will trust you. Yes, Lord, I, I will put my faith in your power and providence in my life. Yes, Lord, I will go. I will do as you want me to do. As we say, yes, Lord then our faith stories can be, listen, as remarkable as Moses's. When we just say yes, our faith stories can be as remarkable as what we think Moses's story was. While Moses wasn't exceptional, his story was still very remarkable. 
And the reason why it was so remarkable wasn't because he parted the sea, and it wasn't because he brought water from, from a rock. It wasn't because he got to be on the mountain with, 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 with Jesus, with God. The, the reason why Moses' story is so remarkable is that he took his simple and willing faith, and he allowed God to do something with it. Whatever that was. That's what made him remarkable. That's what made his story remarkable. And that's the very same thing that makes our story remarkable too. When like Moses, we are, are, are willing in our faith to allow God to write our lives according to His purpose and according to His pleasure, then our stories are going to be remarkable too. Understand, that's really at the heart of what I think Paul is saying to the Philippians. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 when he says, For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work. What? For His good pleasure. God's wanting to work in us for His good pleasure in ways that, that glorify Him and bless others. And the question is, do we have a willing faith that will allow Him to do that in our lives? You see, God will write a remarkable story in your life if you are willing through your faith, to spend your life caring for others more than you care for yourself. God is willing to, to write a remarkable story in your life if through willing faith you will, throughout the days of your life, continue to speak the message, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ into the lives of others. He'll write a remarkable story through that. And, and, and you parents, you, you fathers and you mothers, God is waiting to write a remarkable story through your willing faith to teach your children day in and day out what it means to honor God and love the Savior Jesus Christ. And God is willing to write and can write a, a, a remarkable story through your willing faith. Every day that you go to work and every day you walk and you see those people, if you will be the light of Jesus, if you will share his character to those you work with, he'll write a remarkable story through that willing faith. Isn't that great? God is waiting and ready to write our stories through willing faith. My encouragement this morning finally is this. If you're looking at yourself this morning and you're saying, Monty, you know, I'm just pretty, I'm just pretty common. Then here's what I have to say. Get excited. Get excited because God is just waiting to write His story in your life through your faith to His glory, and to bless others. Get excited about being common because it's the power of God at work in your life. This morning, every story has a first chapter. 
And for us as Christians, our first chapter, as we open up our story, says saved. By the grace of God, saved. This morning, I hope that you have that first chapter. That God's written that into your life. That you have put your faith in Him. That you have put in Him a faith that sees Him as the Lord of your life. A faith that's willing to move away from the past and pursue the righteousness of God in the future. A faith that's willing to walk into the faith waters of baptism where God raises us up to walk in newness of life and to start our faith story. If you haven't had or allowed God to write that first chapter in your story, do it today. Be baptized into Christ and begin your journey while we stand and while we sing.